BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. What up, y'all? Hey. Hi. I'm already looking for refills for my pen. I should stop. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> I should stop already. Yes. You should stop. Oh, well. I like the pen, though, so I'm going to obviously be using it a lot. What, what pen is it? The Dr. Grip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's supposed to be ergonomically correct for handwriting. Ergonomically. Which helps my hand. The real skinny pens. Yeah. Like, I have a really hard fucking time with. I gotcha. I feel like my hand's going to fall off. Yeah, I gotcha. So. But I don't like the fine ink. I like thick ink, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, medium point. I don't know. Yeah, I like the, like, fine tip. I don't. Yeah. This one's a fine tip. Yeah, I like that. Uh-uh. Um, it's a big day, Miss Birthday Girl. It's my birthday. The big four zero. I'm fucking forty. Yep, you're forty with me now, so you can't fucking give me shit. My stomach just dropped for the first time saying that. <laughs> you're forty. Because normally I'm like, well, I'm not dead, so like that's cool. Oh, happy but, birthday, though, babe. Well, thank you. How's it been so far? Um, I'm doing laundry. I know. Your present should be here within a day or two. Um, I got you another Liam Hendricks t-shirt. I mean, if it's actually a tank top. could show up at the door, that'd be cool. I could try to make that happen, but I don't know if that would we work. We could play Legos. Yeah. So. I bet you'd want to do other stuff. Shut up. I did, um, I did ask Mike. Mm-hmm, I'm my like, brother? Yeah, can Liam Hendricks come to my birthday party? He's like, are you having a birthday party? I'm like, if Liam Hendricks can come to my birthday party, <laughs> then I'll, yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, I got you a tank top. It should be coming. Yes. So. He says then, fuck a lot. Yep. <laughs> and then tonight we're going to get Denny's. I was going to make you pancakes, your favorite, but. Jax doesn't want it, so we're gonna compromise and get Denny's. Yeah, moons over Miami, bitches. Oh, goddamn right. So Lynn, I don't think I told you this. Lynn wants to take me out to lunch on Friday. She Your said, stepmom. Yeah, she said I could invite whoever I want. So like, maybe I'll take you. Thanks. Maybe I won't. <laughs> maybe I don't want to come with you. Well, fine. Jeez, you say but, it like that. So we were adults yesterday, and we both got our driver's licenses. Yes, I, babe, it's been three years. I know. I can. I'm cleared to fucking drive. I got my license. I look like a serial killer in my fucking oh, photo. Oh, but babe, your picture's amazing. I look so fucking intimidating. Oh, it's fucking amazing. You look mean as shit. Like, <laughs> guys, I'm gonna post his license picture because his last license, he looks fucking twelve, and like he's holding a puppy. And this picture, he looks like he just fucking shot somebody yeah, and then came in like on a whim. Just, oh, I might as well do this while oh, I'm here killing dude. people. It looks like I just fucking buried. Oh, it's someone. a great picture. <laughs> it's a fucking great picture. 
So and it was great because they're great with handicapped people. I, I made an appointment. We had for no us, idea. And they told us we didn't even have to make an appointment. Guys, if, note to self, if you're going to go to the DMV, get a wheelchair. Yeah, you go right in. They we, let you right in. We were there for... Not even 30 minutes. Not even. Yeah. And I was supposed to have a written and a vision test, and they waived it still because of uh, yep. the Rona. And I was supposed to have a vision test, and they waived it. Thank God. Can you imagine taking a fucking written test right now? A written test? Oh, no, my God. I, I was nervous for the vision because I, I, my eyes have gotten worse. Yeah, but their vision test is just the light. Yeah. Raise your hand if you see the light. But the written test? Oh my God. Do you did you hear how many people were getting yelled at for having their cell phones? Yeah, out? and one was an older lady. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not trying to cheat. I'm calling like she was calling her daughter yeah. or something. They're like, no cell phones. Dude, we'd be fucked. Because they'd start asking railroad questions yeah, and no. there was one dude that I was watching that was struggling. The he, old guy? No. There oh. was there was a dude probably our age and just Every after all his questions oh. that I, I saw, he was motherfucker. <laughs> oh, what the fuck! I did learn from Parking Wars though that you have to be twenty feet away from a stop sign. Yeah, I knew that. So I don't, I don't, know. I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would have been fucked. Yeah, you would have been screwed. <laughs> I would have had to take a written. We would have had to come back. <laughs> I'd have been like, I'm, I'm. Listen, I'm not going to do this. Today. Well, we we do have to go back eventually for our the real, real ID. IDs, which. It's kind of a pain in the ass because you need those to fly. Well, yeah, and the amount of paperwork you need for yeah. them is fucking My stupid. God. <laughs> I, yeah, that's that's crazy, but we got a year for that. Do you so. even have your birth certificate? I thought you did. Yours? I, yeah. I don't have yours. It should be upstairs. I don't know if I have an original. Do you need the original? I think she said you need With an original. With the seal? Yeah. I, I think I think I have a, a copy of it with all my college stuff. Probably. But I, I don't have a real one. I don't think I do either. I do for the kids. But I'm I'm pretty positive she said you need... Well, look, I have that shit. Now, do the kids need it to fly? I don't think so, no. So how old do you have to be I have to no have idea. it? <laughs> I have no fucking idea. We need to check, because I wonder if the kids need it. I, I think if anybody would know, because it'll be before... I don't know. Maybe licensed drivers have to have it. But I think now when you get your license, they just make it a real ID. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We clearly did not fucking look into that in any no, way. No, we didn't. Well, we, get, we got a year to, to so, you know, figure it out. Yeah. And then finally... Big news for next Saturday, the 9th. Oh, my. And, like, we literally just found this out, like, an, yes. an hour ago. We have been invited to be on the panel for the Chicago Fan Expo in Rosemont. Yes. Which is awesome. And it's apparently their 50th anniversary. Yeah. And it's apparently a big fucking yeah, deal. Yeah. There's a big party after Saturday night at the uh, a hotel by the airport. Oh, really? Yeah, and you can get in with your badge, which we're we, getting. We are getting. If we get you think we are not. To, we, we get all access yeah. to everything. If you think we're not going to be Wayne and Garth, VIP. <laughs> right. VIP. <laughs> I'm showing my fucking lanyard off everywhere. Um, I did see in one of the pictures there was a girl dressed as Belle. And if you can dress as a princess for cosplay... Sign me the motherfuck up, and I'm going to rent a dress. Well, there's going to be some hot-ass cosplay chicks. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe Liam Hendricks will come with me then. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Wishful thinking. If he listens to this, oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck. He's going to be creeped out by you. Oh, my God. It's like the one time I saw Paul Canerco. Yeah. And I got stuck on stupid and couldn't say any fucking words. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's big news, guys. Yeah, that's we, huge. We were invited. Like, I was actually just inquiring if they had a, a podcast row. Yeah. And they had an opening and they so, invited us. Yeah, it's going to be us and just one other podcast. Yeah. And this me... podcast is specific to a Chicago case. It's the only one she's done. Let me look up the name because. Yeah. The podcast. I got to give her a shout out. We've been listening to it. It's pretty good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's going to be her and and us, which is I'm like, Mark, what do we what do we do? 
I don't know what to do with my hands. So the other true crime podcast is going to be Marginalized Murder. The case of the 51. Which I did not know about. Yeah, about all the stranglings yes. in Chicago. That's insane. Yeah. So if you get a chance to listen, it's, it's actually, good. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. So um, the host Carly is going to be with us doing the panel as well. Mm-hmm. And I guess we're just going to be talking about the ins and outs of how we do true crime. crime. Oh, my God. She's going to be so professional. And we're going to be like, Mark doesn't wear a shirt. <laughs> no, I'm going to show up like this. With no okay. shirt. Hey. <laughs> my wife hasn't worn a bra in three months. And right. I don't put a shirt on. So, And she's going to be like, so we edit. And we have producers. And we're going to be like, mm, We don't. We have an episode our where dog, our house almost blew up. Yeah. So. Our candles almost blew up, scared the shit out of us. Our dog fucking barks all the all time. All the fucking time. Our fire alarms were going off. So now, now we don't have any. Yeah. I took them all down. <laughs> Hope the shit don't start on fire. Oh. Funny how I took the last one down and the candles exploded fucking three days later. Yeah, that was creepy. Whoops. Yeah, we're not um, what one would call professional. Well. But I like it this way. Yeah. It's, it's more raw, more yeah. original. And know? I don't honestly don't want to learn how to edit. I don't. I don't want to learn, but I don't want to do it. I think it's more raw when yeah. we're just. Oh no, I don't want to either. We're doing it like this. The we only get true thing, emotions. The only thing I may have to do. So we have ads now. So I apologize because we recorded what a couple days ago, yeah. and we're like, oh, it'll be a couple days before we have ads, and blah blah blah. And twenty minutes after we posted it, we listened to it, and, and we it hear a guy ads. talking about Comcast, and we're yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. So we had ads immediately. Yeah. So we apologize. We did not know they would be in there that soon. Right. So the only thing i may have to do is like put some music or something in before the ad is otherwise it's like us mid-sentence and then but how do, how do we know when the ad will be because i can pick it oh yeah okay i can pick when it goes in like mid show the other thing too guys that i figured out within the last couple days um with the patreons mm-hmm. so you guys get ad free episodes obviously yeah now when you signed up to become a Patreon, you were given an RSS link. So what you have to do is you have to copy and paste that RSS link into whatever platform you listen to, into the library. Like for Apple Podcasts, you go into like new URL or whatever, mm-hmm. and it'll give you a separate Death Do Us Part icon. So you'll have like two. You'll have the the free one that everybody has, and then you'll have the private one, which is going to have all of your bonus episodes and all of your episodes from now on that are ad-free. Oh, cool. So if you haven't transferred that RSS link, transfer it. Okay. I walked a bunch of people through it yesterday. Good to know. So. Good to know. You guys will have, this will be an ad-free episode for you guys. Awesome. Woo-woo. Um, speaking of Patreons, do we have any new ones since the other day? Um, I don't think so. I mean, it's only been like two days. Yeah. So. Uh, if, we, if we do it, it's just one. So, um, but, uh, Susan, she Mm. would be the newest one. Okay. I'm not sure if, uh. We mentioned her. I think, I think we did. Maybe we didn't. If not, Susan. Susan, hello. Oh, we did. Because I said her picture was weird. Um, the, it's creepy. It's awesome. The eyeball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then again, I know I got to wrap it up with the merch. Yes. Okay. So. All of the designs are interchangeable. If you see something on a t-shirt you want on a cup, order the cup and put in the notes what you want. If you see something on a cup you want on a t-shirt, order any t-shirt, doesn't matter, and put mm-hmm. in the notes what you want. That's how we're going to do it. Awesome. So, because I, like I just had somebody ask if they could get the body on a cup, and I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, just put it in the notes. Yeah. So everything is interchangeable. If you see something on a shirt you want as a car decal... Order a decal, put it in the notes. Okay. So. Very cool. Yeah. We mix and match here. Mm. Yeah. And I may or may not have gotten cheetah print packing bags. That's awesome. Oh, (laughs) and the the poop shoe shirt is fucking phenomenal. They're coming. It's phenomenal. I'm making it tonight. I'm so fucking excited. Dude, you did a great job. I tried for almost 
four hours last night to try and like cartoon your face enough to get it on the shirt and yeah. it just it wouldn't let me uh well this is way better so i found the next best thing yeah this is way better so <laughs> so those will be i will i'll actually put one up tonight okay. so you guys can see it cool and i will have slim can uh koozies steel koozies available oh. now good deal yeah all right make it this shit fancy fuck yeah dude boom all right episode 54 yes and there's a reason i picked this one so we are doing um the murder of jana murray Mm -hmm. also known as the lululemon murders Mm. now the reason i thought to do the lululemon murders was because you recently for your birthday got a gift card for lululemon and i laughed for like an hour because they don't make big boy clothes. Yep. So I'm, I still have it, and I'm going to give it to you because I, I already searched, and they, 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 they don't have my size. No, no. So they don't. Um, it was a nice gift from Mike, yes. my brother. Who, but, who wears Lululemon. Yeah. But I can't. No. They don't make it for big boys. <laughs> I don't fit. No. You could get a fanny pack. Big and tall. <laughs> big and tall. Oh, so, yeah. I should look at their fanny yeah. packs. Fuck yeah, I can get down with a fanny pack. Yeah, if you don't I, get one, I will. Yeah, I, I could do that. Yeah, maybe I'll just take the fucking gift card from you. Mm, it's in my email. Mm. Ah, fuck. And I don't remember your password. You don't remember your password. One of us should fucking write it down. It just opens when I uh, open my oh. phone. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll take it then. Mm, mm. Try, I'll fight you. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to chase me? Yeah. <laughs> Dick. I'm fat and your legs don't work. Like, one of us is catching the other one. It's going to happen. <laughs> Jax, when I was playing wrestlers with him today, he's like, because my wheelchair, this is a blue one now. Yeah, it's fancy. It looks all fancy. He's like, Dad, you look like a rocket man. Nuh-uh. <laughs> yeah. He's like, thanks, buddy. <laughs> that kid cracks me up, man. Uh, a rocket man. Yeah. Good lord. Because that's what you need. Yeah, shit. Mm-hmm. All right, babe. Hit me with it. All right. Lululemon murders. So Lululemon was created in Canada in like 98. And then it came out here. Oh, that long ago? Yeah. Which I feel like. I feel like it wasn't that long ago, but in reality, it was that long ago. It was 20-plus years ago. I feel like it just recent, the past recent few years. Yes, it became big here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And you can franchise a store. Oh. But it's, it's for people who don't know, it's like a yoga clothes store. Very expensive. Yes. Like $60 for a pair of yoga pants yeah they're soft as fucking butter but still um so it really just became a thing out here and they're it's very like positive energy and bullet journaling and yoga and all the shit that mark and i don't do right (laughs) so right yeah so it became kind of big out here there was a bunch of stores around but uh on march 12th of 2011 which was a saturday Rachel Ortley, I believe is how you say her name. I apologize if I am wrong. Arrived at the Bethesda Lululemon Athletica store just before 8 a.m. She's a manager and she was scheduled to open the store that morning. Where's that at? Bethesda? Yeah. Uh, Right outside of... um, Oh, my God. Now now you're making me have a fucking brain fart. I've never heard of it before. It's Washington, I believe. Hang on. Googling. How do I did how did I not fucking write this down? Yeah, mm. uh, I caught you. Uh, yeah, fuck face. Well, it just you I've never heard it before, so Maryland. Not Maryland. Washington. Okay. Maryland. I was thinking Washington DC. So Bethesda, Maryland. Sorry, I won't answer, ask any more questions. <sighs> They're hard questions. <laughs> so um, when she got there, she found the door unlocked, which she found uh, pretty odd, obviously, uh, especially because Jaina, another manager, had closed the store the night before, and she wasn't one to forget stuff like that. So she thought, all right, well, maybe someone just got there before her, and she went into the store. 
Uh, she walked in and it was fucking destroyed. Mm-hmm. There was a TV knocked over. There was clothes and shelves everywhere. She went a little bit further into the store and saw bloody footprints on the ground and then could see that the back hall was literally covered in blood. Jeez. You can um, you can Google not a lot of the crime scene photos, but there's one photo where there's like a folding table in the hallway and it's saturated oh, really? in blood. So she called out and heard what she thought was a low groan or a moan. So she pieced the fuck out of there, which is exactly what I would have done. Mm-hmm. So she runs out of the store. And there happened to be a crowd of people standing outside that morning. There was an Apple store right next door to the Lululemon, and they were releasing a new iPad, mm. which was probably like the iPad 4. Yeah. Because now we're on 67. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Ryan Huff, I believe is how you say his last name, was waiting in line for an iPad when he saw Rachel come flying out of the store. Obviously, something is wrong. So he says... Hey, do you know, do you need help? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I think there's blood all over the store. Like, can you go in and check? Yeah. He's like, yeah, no problem. What? Yeah. I'm like, I, will you hold my place in line? Right. <laughs> we'll switch. Yeah. yeah. So she called 911 and Ryan goes in and goes right to the back of the store and yells out for Rachel to call 911. Because when he gets to the back of the store, in a side room, he sees what he thought was a man who appeared to be dead, and someone was tied up in the bathroom, and it appeared that they were breathing. Um, The one thing he noticed was that it uh, appeared that both women had been sexually assaulted because the crotch of their pants and their underwear was cut. So... Rachel called 911 back and said, quote, there's two people in the back of my store. One person seems dead and the other is breathing. Montgomery County police officer Kristen Knuth was first on the scene. She found blood spatter on the back wall as high as six feet. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Several officers arrived shortly after. Uh, Officers found Jana Murray in a back room lying face down in a pool of blood. Her entire body was covered in blood, and she had tools on her back, like a toolbox had fallen on her. Uh, and like I said, the, the crotch of her pants was cut open. She had no pulse and was obviously deceased and had been for yeah. a little while. Uh, in the bathroom, I'm sorry, Jaina was 30. Uh, in the bathroom, they found 28-year-old Brittany Norwood lying face up, unresponsive but breathing, Hands zip-tied with her arms over her head, and her feet were also zip-tied. She had an obvious laceration to her forehead, and the crotch of her pants were cut. An ambulance arrived on scene at approximately 8 a.m. and transported Brittany to Suburban Hospital. The two women had been scheduled to close the night before, so it looked as if they never really had a chance to leave. Mm -hmm. So, Jana Murray was working as a manager at Lululemon while going to school at Johns uh, Hopkins University. Uh, I smoked pot with a Johnny Hopkins. Did you? Yeah. Hmm. Thanks. Do you know what that's from? No. What? Babe. Step uh, Brothers. Yeah. Okay, my bad. Damn it. I thought you were for real. I was no, like, I don't know a Johnny Hopkins. Fucking pothead? <laughs> no. <laughs> I smoke pot with Johnny Hopkins. So she was um, actually earning two graduate degrees. She was 10 weeks shy of graduating. Jane had two brothers uh, and a boyfriend named Frazier. 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 Um, who lived in Seattle, but she had known him since the seventh grade. Mm. She had been to every continent but uh, Antarctica. Mm. She was adventurous and athletic, specifically with dance. Even more specifically with tap dance. Huh. Yes. The plan Lovely. was <laughs> the plan was for Jana to dance actually on Broadway. Like it was a legitimate yeah. job opportunity and everything. Oh, so wow. she ended up changing her mind instead going to George Washington University for business administration and communications. Mm-hmm. It's a big switch. It is. Uh, Brittany Norwood was also a star athlete and great student in high school and college. She played soccer at Stony Brook University on Long Island. She came from a big family. She had four brothers and four sisters. Get off of the woman. Yeah. For real. Right. Um, 
she was very into staying in shape and looking good, always in name brands, getting her hair and nails done. Yeah. Um, per Britney, she was getting ready to quit Lululemon, actually. A couple days prior to the attack, she had interviewed to be a personal trainer at Equinox Gym uh, and had been called back for a second interview. Mm. Britney was met at the hospital by off-duty police officer Colin O'Brien, who was working security at the hospital. He noted several cuts on Britney's chest, legs, arms, and then her obvi- her forehead laceration. Yeah. Most notable to him, though, was a one to two inch laceration to her right hand. Um, and this makes me cringe. In the webbing between her thumb and her index finger. Oh, <laughs> shit, <that laughs> hurts. Um, parallel to her thumb. So literally like. Right in the middle. Do you remember that Neil Sporn commercial where the lady gives herself a paper cut? Yes. Stop. Stop. I'm getting the anxiety. So that one was was most notable to him. Um, Montgomery County Detective Deanna Mackey went to Suburban Hospital to talk to Brittany at approximately 1025 a.m. They spoke for about 45 minutes. The detective then left. She went to the Lululemon store, returned to the hospital at 2.35 p.m. Uh, detective Mackey saw Brittany as a victim and treated her as such, speaking with her to obtain information for a suspect. Uh, Brittany responded appropriately and was very open with the detective. And throughout the day, Brittany told uh, Detective Mackey what had happened. Yeah. Uh, Brittany said that they closed the store and left around 9.45. She went one way. Jaina went to her car. Brittany realized she had forgotten her wallet, and she needed it for her Metro card for the public transportation. Uh, she called Jaina to meet her at the store so she could get it. The woman, women went back to the store, searched for about 10 to 15 minutes, couldn't find the wallet because, you know, she's me, apparently. Right. Um. And Jaina offered Brittany her own Metro card so he, she could get home and Jaina could go home. Um, per Brittany, as they were leaving the store, two men stormed in. They were dressed in all black with black ski masks. One was tall, one was short, one of them had a backpack. Mm. And according to Brittany, the voices of the men sounded white. Yeah. Sounded like they were white guys. Uh, one man punched Jaina in the back of the head and the other grabbed Brittany by the hair and dragged her to the bathroom. Um, what? Oh, once he got her into the bathroom, he started cutting her everywhere on her body with an unknown weapon that she thought might have been a box cutter. Yeah. Um, he started calling her names, uh, like whore, dirty slut. Yeah. And then just horrible, horrible racial slurs. Wow. Like unrepeatable racial slurs. Yeah. So... Brittany said she could hear Jaina also struggling. What, what, what nationality is she? Uh, Brittany is, she's black. Okay. Um, so Brittany said she could hear Jaina also struggling, and uh, the attacker was also calling her names. Jesus. Brittany said the man physically raped her, then raped her with a wooden hanger. Oh, my God. Uh, she could still hear Jaina, but she said the noises started fading out and then eventually stopped altogether. Brittany said she was then zip-tied at her hands and feet and left in the bathroom. And she said she blacked out until the next morning when she was found. Um, she was absolutely inconsolable, repeating the story. She kept saying that there was so much blood and that she tried to help Jaina and it was her fault because she forgot her wallet. Oh, dear God. Brittany also appeared to not know that Jaina was dead. She kept asking how her friend was. <clears throat> um, what was I going to say? There was something in the, I don't know. Um, they did do a, a rape kit and everything yeah. like that on her in an exam. Yeah. Um, I know I probably should have said trigger warning before the rape, but Gina's yeah. autopsy is. Sorry. I mean, you guys know what you're here for. Yeah, true. Um, but trigger warning, Gina's autopsy was, it's horrific. Okay. So... Um, It was performed at the Maryland Medical Examiner's Office by forensic pathologist Dr. Mary Ripple. Uh, Jaina had hundreds of wounds from several different weapons. My God. Are you ready for this? Yeah. She had 232 blunt force injuries. What? 99 sharp force injuries. (laughs) Yeah. She had 100 wounds to her head alone. I mean, this sounds very personal. Personal, yeah. 
Um, so she had 100 wounds to her head alone. 37 of those wounds were to the back of her head. Uh, which obviously resulted in a lot, a lot of skull fractures. She ended up having eight skull fractures. Her face was obliterated. Yeah. You couldn't, couldn't see anything. She had a three and a half inch stab wound to the back of her head at the base of her neck, which ended up severing her spinal cord and entering her cerebellum. Uh, Dr. Ripple said that this was the fatal wound. Jesus. All the other wounds bled. So uh, Dr. Ripple said, quote, that area of your brain is pretty critical to you being able to function. She wouldn't have lived very long after that. She would not have been able to have any voluntary movement to defend herself, which she did. She fought like fucking hell. Yeah. Evidenced by 105 defensive wounds to her hands and forearms. She, uh, Dr. Ripple, who has performed over 3,000 autopsies, said she has never seen that many defensive wounds on one person. Yeah. So Jana had a total of 331 wounds. Oh, my God. Here's the worst part. 330 of them, yeah. she felt. She was alive until that stab wound to the back of her head. Dude, how fucking yeah. terrible. And that stab wound, like the ME said, would have rendered her... Yeah. You know, useless. So she, she was alive for the whole thing. Dude, how terrible. Um, yeah, so Dr. Ripple said Jana was alive to feel everything until the stab wound to her neck. So it's unknown exactly how many weapons were used, but it, there was a minimum of five, possibly mm. ten. Jesus. The ones that they know of um, were, they were from the store and the store's toolbox, which is the one that was on top of her. So there was a hammer, two different box cutters, a wrench, a metal stand that was used to like hold up the mannequins, yeah. you know, a serrated knife, and then the metal rod they used to get like clothes up high. Yeah. I don't know why I'm mimicking this like anybody can see it but you. Um, a razor and then rope. And then the rope was found still around Jaina's neck. Uh, detectives Dimitri Revin and James Drury were assigned uh, as lead investigators on the case. On March 14th, the detectives went to Brittany's house at approximately 8 o'clock at night. Brittany at this point was still a victim and still being treated as such, and yeah. the meeting was set up via phone conversations with Brittany's family. The point of the meeting was the detectives wanted to introduce themselves to Brittany and see if she remembered anything else. Yeah. When the detectives arrived, uh, Brittany took them downstairs to her living area. She told her story again while the detectives uh, took notes and recorded a portion of the interview. Mm -hmm. The detective said that the atmosphere was very casual and Brittany was calm, coherent, and cooperative, only getting upset when talking about the sexual assault. She said at one point, this one's kind of rough, she said at one point the attackers threw her onto Jaina's body and told her the only reason she was not killed like Jaina was because she was, quote, fun to fuck. Oh, my God. How terrible. Brittany said the attackers knew her name and address. Uh, she assumed that they had gotten it from her Comcast bill and the gas bill in her purse because those are what she paid at her parents' house. Yeah. Do you like my array of ink, by the way? Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. Like it's lovely. Um, so the detectives recommended that she tell her family that, you know, they these guys knew her address which she did in front of the detectives. And this caused her family to become obviously distraught and very concerned, mm. as, you know, would be. Uh, at this point, Bethesda was going crazy. This is not a town where shit like this happens. Right. It just doesn't. Um, a tip line was set up, and it blew up, but nothing really came from any of the tips. Uh, the stores on Bethesda Row, because it was like a strip mall, were closing early because employees were nervous. Restaurants said that business was down 50% and the foot traffic was super light. Uh, the detectives at this point decided to pull surveillance video from the Apple store next door. On the video, they saw two men matching the description Brittany gave, including one had a backpack. Uh, they were seen walking behind the stores at the time of the murders, but because of the camera's location, they couldn't tell if the men had come out of the Lulu lemon store right i wonder where the name lululemon came from i should have looked that up yeah i don't know <clears throat> sorry had a drink take a puff of your yep 
that's a good one. I fucking love this flavor. I'm telling you. So what did, is it? It's the pooper. Uh, peach blue raspberry ice. Do you say poop? <laughs> yeah. What it, what? That's what it smells like. It does not. It doesn't. I swear. It's peach. Dude, your apple dip smells so fucking bad. Like even the guy at the gas station knows I hate it. So let's not talk about smells. That's what you get. Oh, it's fucking gross, guys. My finger still smells. Oh my do god! You smell it? No, it smells so weird. No, but why do you say that out loud? <laughs> oh my god! Seriously, <laughs> do you guys hear this? You love me, baby. What the fuck? You love. This me. is not the first time that he has asked me to smell his fingers. <laughs> In 12 years, he's probably asked me 517 times. God, stop. Stop. So <laughs> um, so they they find these two dudes. It turns out that they were busboys at a local restaurant and had nothing to do with it. But they were dressed in black because that's what you were for the restaurant. Yeah. They were going home. That's why the one had a backpack. Like, it just coincidentally. Like, but they were masked. They they wore masks, right? The people who entered the store did. These guys didn't, but they had their heads down. Oh, okay. So uh, another person they looked into was Keith Lockett. He was a homeless man with violent tendencies, uh, and he hung out at the same bar every single night. Mm-hmm. Every night. Hashtag goals. Right. Um, <laughs> the only night he wasn't there was the night of the murders, which was very odd. Oh, yeah, that um, was weird. But police finally tracked him down. They found him in the hospital, bloody, beaten, and incoherent. Hmm. Uh, it turned out he had gotten into a fight with another homeless man after hanging out with some other random homeless man <laughs> who alibied him. So. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So after seeing him in the hospital, too, the police were like, there's no fucking way this guy could have done this yeah. physically or... Mentally, he yeah. would not have been capable. Um, so the next people they talked to were the Apple employees. Babe. Yeah. What? <laughs> you would have punched these people in the fucking face. Probably. <laughs> no, 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 you would have. <laughs> you for sure would have. So there were two, possibly three employees, but I could only find um, stuff about two. Yeah. Uh, in the store until 11 o'clock that night because of the iPad release. Yeah. So Jane... Sferzo, I don't know, and Ricardo Rios, who was the manager. Ricardo. They heard the whole motherfucking thing. And did nothing. Babe, there is surveillance video. Oh, my God. There is surveillance video from inside the Apple store of these two fucks listening at the wall. Dude. I swear to God. So employee Jane said she heard a lot of noises saying, quote, it sounded like something heavy was being hit or dragged. Oh, yeah. Right. So not like they're moving shelves or anything. Like, cool. Only someone Um, dying. Oh, it gets better. And that she heard, quote, some thudding, some grunting, some kind of high-pitched squealing, yelping, and a female voice like hysterical sounds. That's, um... That's not good. No. <laughs> Nobody said you had to go next door. Maybe just call You have a phone. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, if the cops get there and it's nothing, then it's nothing. Whatever. Wow. Your phone's blowing up, it's, by the way. It's actually Oscar asking. Oh. <laughs> um, if you fucking see something, say something. Like I, If you hear something, yeah. fucking call. Oh, it gets better. So she went and got Ricardo and was like, dude, come listen to this fucking shit that's going on. Listen to this. Someone's getting killed. I'm here. (laughs) So when he listened, he said he heard, quote, agonized breathing, describing describing it as a forced exhale when you can't breathe, almost like a panting. So after the interview, did the detectives like go, well... You guys are fucking pointless and useless. The judge did, actually. Oh, they, really? Yeah, when they testified. He's like, yeah, thanks for nothing. Yeah. So uh, then <clears throat> Jane decides to tell the police that before the fighting sound started, she heard a female voice say, quote, 
talk to me, don't do this, talk to me, what's going on? The same voice said shortly after, quote, God help me, please help me. So if the fighting didn't get you to call, yeah. So Ricardo said he didn't call the police because he figured it was, quote, just drama with the women who worked at the store. Yeah, good call, Ricardo. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's my fail. Great. Yeah, that's what I do when it's you fail. Awful through headphones, guys. <laughs> so, uh, crime scene techs found a pair of size 14 men's gym shoes. They said sneakers, but I couldn't bring myself to write sneakers because yeah. I'm not from there. Um, hidden on a shelf. Okay. So, there was blood spatter on top of the shoe, but the soles, like the side soles, you know, mm. were spotless. Mm. Um, they did notice, though, that these shoes matched some of the bloody shoe prints on the floor. Mm. So, on March 16th, 2011, Brittany was asked by Detective Drury to come back in. Uh, I don't know when I'm supposed to read that part. So, Okay. Uh, she was asked to come in for elimination prints and hair samples because they had found clumps of hair in the front of the store. Uh, Detective Drury said later, quote, it was a ruse to get her to come in to talk. Uh, At this point, both detectives were starting to see Brittany as more of a suspect than a victim. Uh, The doctors had described most of Brittany's injuries as superficial, with only two requiring stitches, the forehead and the head webbing. Officer O'Brien, who noted that uh, laceration in the hospital, in the webbing, would later testify that this wound was similar to that of a wound he had seen in another unrelated stabbing by the stabber. So Brittany came in around 5 o'clock. She brought two siblings with her. Uh, They asked about the gym shoes, and Brittany told them that they belonged to the store and they were used for, like, alterations. Um, She again went through the story with no changes, really, and it sounded almost scripted. Um, <clears throat> they asked if she had ever been in Jana's car and, or if she had ever seen Jana's car and she said she didn't know. So these guys had a lot of questions. Uh, the first one was the, why didn't the attackers bring their own weapons? Every weapon that was used on both girls was from inside the store. Uh, the second question was she was unconscious all night. That's, that's a coma. Yeah. <laughs> right. That, 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 that's a coma. Yeah. Um, and she kept her arms above her head all night? Why? Yeah. They weren't zip-tied to anything. They were zip-tied to each other. Like, her, her wrists were zip-tied. That's, and her arms were like this. That's got to be above uncomfortable. Her head. Why the fuck did you leave them up all night? <laughs> right. It's Dummy. Uncomfortable. Put, put them down and then put them back up before people show up. Right. Um, so, all of her wounds, like I said, were superficial. And the rape kit showed no signs of sexual assault. Uh, Detective Revan said, quote, it's just this little voice in the back of my head. Something's just not right. The way Brittany's describing these guys, they're racist, they're robbers, they're murderers. It's like the worst human being you could possibly describe. So the detectives were trying to see if they could get, uh, if they could catch her in small lies because, you know, it's just like your parents told told you if you're gonna lie about little things what else are you gonna lie about so um they knew that they needed some sort of confession because there was really at this point nothing concrete connecting her to the actual crime um my phone really is pulling up jesus christ your boyfriend uh veronica and oscar and i think craig um hey peeps so she ended up leaving that interview with her two siblings uh, on March 17th, now some of this is per court documents, and I've noticed that the court documents differ a little bit from some sources. Yeah. So, for, according to the court document, on March 17th, 2011, siblings Chris and Marissa contacted detectives saying that Brittany had more information that she had been afraid to share with them out of fear the attackers would find and harm her. Uh, it had to do with moving Jana's car which she conveniently remembers after they asked her, yeah. have you ever seen the car? And she's like, no. So uh, they asked her if she'd ever been in the car, and she's like, no. Too bad they found her blood all over it. Oh, boy. So um, 
In my notes, I wrote, these fucking people can't keep their mouth shut. (laughs) At Marissa's request, another interview was scheduled for March 18th, 2011 at 10 a.m. Brittany came in for the interview with Chris and Marissa again. She was put in an interview room with both detectives. uh, It's either Revan or Reuven, I'm sorry, and Drury. Um, Brittany started discussing her future, possibly moving to Seattle with her brother Chris, but that her, quote, only concern with moving was that she wanted to be reachable for the investigation. Uh, Then unprompted, Brittany says, quote, all right, I'm here because, and then went on to say that as she was falling asleep the night before, she suddenly remembered that not only had she been in Jaina's car, but she had driven it the day of the murder. Someone's calling in now. That's a spam. Spam. Um. So not only had she been in it, she had driven it the day of the murder. Oh, boy. Um, what? Oh, boy. So in her interviews, she said that she remembered like what the attackers were wearing mm-hmm. and could hear one of the attackers zipping his coat. But you don't remember driving a car? What? That's how detailed she got. Wow. But you don't remember driving a car? No. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So she said Jana's car was parked in the fire lane in front of the store. Prior to her being sexually assaulted, the attackers made her move Jana's car to a different place. Uh, on March 15th, Jana's car had been found in a public parking lot three blocks away. There were blood smears all over the car, the gear shift, the steering wheel. And there was also a Lululemon hat in the back seat that also had blood on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the attacker said that they were going to watch her the whole time, and if she attempted to get help, they would kill her. Mm. What are they going to do? Chase you in the car? Yeah. Mm. And so okay. they're standing outside in their ski mask, just watching you drive away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey. So Bye-bye. She parked the car and walked the three blocks back to the store. Oh, my God. She then volunteered... That not only did she see a police officer patrolling the area, she decided not to flag him down in case the attacker saw her. Smart. Bitch, they can't see you. Very smart. The attackers cannot see you. I can't see in the fucking kitchen. You think these guys can see three blocks away? Dude, this chick is giving me a headache. Well, then the detectives are like, well, did you see, like, actual people? And she's like, well, yeah, I saw a few of them. I passed by a few of them. And the detectives are like, cool, so you're covered in fucking blood, your clothes are ripped, you're obviously in distress, and people just fucking waved as they they walked past you, and she's like, hey girl, well yeah, pretty much, what, What? hey girl, hey, yeah, I'm good, what you got going on, good, Um, and then she kind of just brushed it off, oh my god, she said again that she was in fear of the attacker, sure, Yeah. Uh, The detectives then asked Brittany to repeat her story again from start to finish, Mm -hmm. all in one breath. And she says, quote, we've been over this. And Detective Drury said, yeah, but you're lying sick of shit. Uh, He said, quote, yeah, but every time we go over it, something else comes out or changes a little. So I'm just trying to get it as straight as possible. Yeah. Because you're lying sick of shit. Right. So it again sounded like a rehearsed story like she fucking remembered this shit you know Mm. um at this point the detective started asking if there was anything she wanted to tell them you know guilt her yeah she's like no no i got nothing no no so then eventually uh the detectives called her out on her bullshit they're like, so you've never been in Jana's car, but your fucking blood is all over it. Right. Uh, oh, and by the way, the hat in the back seat has your DNA on it where, like, it hits your forehead. So, cool, you've been in the car. Great, yeah. great. But you drove it three blocks away and then walked back to right. the store while these men stood outside in their ski masks watching you. Right. And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly oh, yeah, what happened. Sure. Yeah. <sighs> hmm. Um. So at this point, they're like, Cool. We don't fucking believe you. No. Don't at all. So the detectives then brought her siblings, Chris and Marissa, into the interview room. And they told Chris and Marissa everything, what they thought was happening, what they thought happened. Uh, Marissa became so so upset she had to be removed from the interview room. 
Uh, Chris had a rebuttal response or question for everything that the police said. And Brittany just sat there silently with her head down. Chris then asks if he can talk to Brittany alone. And as soon as the detective left, Brittany asked Chris if they were being recorded. And Chris said no. Hmm. You're in an interview room. Right. Google is watching you. Do you think the fucking police aren't watching you? (laughs) So he asked Brittany if she did it. Yeah. And she says, quote, I don't want to talk about it here. I'll talk to you at home. And Chris is like, "Uh, you're not going home, dum-dum. Yeah. Like, they're fucking keeping you. He said, she said, quote, I don't, I just don't want anybody to be disappointed in me. Chris tells her. Oh, sweetie. We are. Yeah. We are. are. We're pass up. Collectively as a group. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Chris tells her, no one will be disappointed in you. And then says, quote, we're your family. No matter what, we're going to be here for you. Everything he just told me, and I didn't look like I was convinced, but that is really fucking convincing. You're going to have to tell me so I can at least try and get you out of here. This is going to get a hell of a lot fucking worse. So Brittany starts apologizing and Chris is like, stop motherfucking apologizing and just tell me what happened. You know, and why did she do it? And Brittany says that she doesn't know what happened. And his immediate response was, quote, was it shoplifting? Were you trying to steal? Yeah. You got a history? Not your first rodeo? Why would he ask that? She says no. And he says, quote, then why did you fight this girl? You tell me. I can think on my feet, but I need information before I can do that. This was not a fight. She murdered her. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. This is not a fight. Brittany asks again if the detectives can hear them, and Chris tells her no, that he checked the whole room for recording devices and didn't see any. You're so Hmm. smart. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So he says, so what happened? You don't have to give me the details. Just tell me what happened. Was the whole thing planned? She then interrupts him saying, no, Chris, not at all. And he says, so what did she do? Tell me what she did to get you to fight her. Yeah. Fuck you. She didn't do nothing. Right. Ugh. Brittany responds only with, quote, I really did forget my wallet. He says, I believe you, but did she accuse you of shoplifting? She again denies trying um, to take anything, and Chris says they need to get her, get her an attorney. And they have two options at this point. They could have tried for insanity, but she's already talked too much in the past with counselors and with police now. Yeah. <clears throat> so it probably wouldn't work. So he says now they need to concoct a plan to make it look like Jaina attacked her. But that doesn't look good because you tried to cover it all up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just By the saying. way, how do you spell concoct? <laughs> I don't know, but say it again. No. Concoct. I got stuck on this word for a very long time. <laughs> um, C-O-C-O-C-K? I don't know. That's Coco-cock. <laughs> Coco. Oh, Coco-cock. <laughs> I like that better. Cococock. Cococock. <laughs> Cococock. Oh, my God. That's going on your T-shirt. Right on the back. Cock-a-poo-poo-pee-pee-shire. <laughs> what is that from? Uh, what is Jack's Watch? The cartoon. What doesn't Jack's Watch? Um, Family Guy. Oh, yeah. We probably shouldn't have announced that. Yeah, I, I am now oh, well. the mayor of Cock-a-poo-poo-pee-pee-shire. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's what it was. So this he remembers, guys, and he doesn't remember to put fucking pants on. So just... I can't remember five minutes ago. <laughs> my favorite, and this is mean, and I'm sorry, I apologize in advance, but my favorite is when like someone goes to tell a story, and you're like, "What?" And all of us are like, "You were there." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's mean. I shouldn't have a brain that. injury. I do too. I you're get it. So, you're so fucking mean. I do too. You guys call me Karen. <laughs> Fuck you. No. God. So, Brittany starts sobbing at this point, which, fuck you. <sighs> Dude, she beat Jaina to the point that police believe that multiple grown men did it. Yeah. You know, and she was little. She was a little girl. She was mm-hmm. not big at all. Uh, So she starts sobbing. Of course she does. And repeatedly says she didn't know what to do. Well, you don't do murder about Mm, it. Don't kill someone. Yeah. 
So Chris is still trying to get Brittany to say what happened. Uh, all Brittany would say was that Gina told her she was going to make sure the manager knew. And Chris said, quote, the manager knew what? That you were shoplifting? Yeah. She says, no, she didn't take anything. And he asks if she has stolen from the store before. And she says, no, that she's been doing good. Mm-hmm. Do you have terrified to fucking steal? Yeah, I am too. Terrified. Um, he goes on to tell her, and this will, you'll like this, that she needs to really start paying attention when she talks to the police because he's noticed three times that when she's lied, she looks to the left and looks down. Mm. <laughs> Which you said to me earlier, you just look to the left. Yep. Yeah, because my fucking vape fell behind the couch. Yeah, whatever. He's so, still dead. <clears throat> He told her, like, you've done this three times, and it's a sign of lying. Yeah. They're going to figure it out. He said, find something in in the room to focus on. Don't look to the left and don't look down. And he says, quote, I lie all the time, so I know these things. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) This guy's great. I was really rooting for him in the beginning, too. I really was. Really was. And then he's like, what did she do? I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Mm -mm. Sorry, bruh. Yeah. So, uh. Obviously, she gets arrested because, surprise, surprise, they were recording her. Yeah. Uh, The town of Bethesda was fucking pissed. (laughs) Because they're like, we supported her through this whole fucking ordeal and helped search for the person. And then to find out that she was the perpetrator was just disheartening. Yeah. Uh, Gina's family also supported Brittany Mm -hmm. and felt terrible for what she had gone through. Uh, they wanted to send her flowers in the hospital, but Brittany refused. Mm. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, when they found out, they were devastated. Oh, God, yeah. They found out um, on the way to um, Brittany's funeral. Oh, or Jana's, Jana's funeral. They yeah. found out on the 18th. Oh, man. Um, so Brittany spent the next seven months in jail awaiting trial. And per the police, all of her recorded phone calls, literally all of them, yeah. were about her hair and nails. Well, I mean, you got to look good when you're locked that, up. Well, she's saying she doesn't look good because she can't get her hair and nails done. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the state's attorney and uh, Jana's family wanted first-degree murder charges for Brittany. The family was also adamant that there was a trial and no plea deal, as much as they didn't want to know they needed to know what happened and why essentially so the trial was in january of 2012 jana's brother hugh said quote the first time i saw Brittany, i remember thinking she's a small girl she's a sorry piece of shit yeah good job Hugh. right on um a lot of shit came out in the trial yeah. So Brittany had previously been employed at the Lululemon in Georgetown, but was terminated for shoplifting. Mm-hmm. And because the stores are franchised, there was no way for them to know it if she didn't tell gotcha. them. So yeah. um, stealing wasn't a new thing for her. She not only had been caught stealing in high school, she was caught in college too. Friend Leanna uh, Yost said, quote, she was my best friend in college, but we had a falling out because the girl was like a klepto. Former teammates said Brittany was a liar and a thief, and she would take all of their shit out of their lockers. Um, and they would tell the new people to make sure that they didn't bring anything valuable to practice and to always make sure that their lockers were locked. Fucking thief. She scammed uh, a hairstylist. Uh, the woman said she spent hours doing, I wrote a whole ass weave in <laughs> Brittany's head because it wasn't yeah. just like something small. This was hours right when it came time to pay britney caused a huge scene saying someone had stolen over a thousand dollars from her wallet Mm. the stylist was mortified that this happened and told britney don't worry about payment we'll figure it out later britney said it was stolen out of the reception area but the receptionist was like i was sitting up here the whole fucking time nobody went in her purse so she ended up just ghosting this fucking hairstylist and never paying her um, she was also, she had a previous arrest for violating a restraining order. Mm-hmm. She was dating a man for about a year before he broke up with her. He said that Brittany physically assaulted him, uh, regularly. After the breakup, she started stalking him and his new girlfriend. She still had a key in the alarm code, so she decided to break in one day and steal a bunch of shit. Uh, dude and his girlfriend got restraining orders against Brittany out of legitimate fear that Brittany was going to hurt them. Yeah. Two weeks later, the girlfriend saw Brittany in her car. 
in the alley behind dude's office just watching them. Oh, like how you just call him dude. I don't know his name. <laughs> so, dude. Dude. Um, so they freaked out and left, but Brittany followed them home. So obviously they called the police and there was a warrant issued in 2008. <clears throat> the Apple employees did testify and were chastised by the judge for not doing a fucking be. thing. Yeah. Um, Brittany's attorneys never denied she killed Jaina, but said it was not premeditated, but a crime of passion. They were also able to successfully argue that the true motive of the killing, which was stolen leggings, Mm -hmm. was irrelevant to the trial because it was hearsay. Quote, that day there was nothing going on between Jaina Murray and Brittany Norwood. The absence of a motive is an indication that it's not premeditated. That is not a crime of motive. This is a crime of passion. Which we now know is bullshit. Because what really happened was Lululemon has a policy that before uh, the employees leave for the night, they check each other's bags. Jaina found a pair of yoga pants with tags still on them in Brittany's bag. When she questioned Brittany, uh, she said that she had purchased them from another manager, Rachel, the manager who opened in the morning. Right. So Jaina called Rachel, who said, nope, didn't sell them to her. So this was the smoking gun that they fucking needed. There was nothing in the computer that confirmed such a a transaction. Um, Excuse me. They left the store with Jaina saying it would be handled in the morning. Mm -hmm. Brittany knew she was fucked because at this point she had already been talked to. The other employees had previously gone to upper management with suspicions of Brittany stealing their personal belongings. Um, one chick had a bottle of perfume and Brittany's like, oh, I really like that. And yeah. then they found it in her fucking purse at the end of the night. So um, upper management said Brittany needed to be basically caught literally red handed. Yeah. So this was it. This was all they needed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple days prior, they had a manager's meeting and they all agreed if she's caught, it's immediate termination. So at 9.51, Brittany contacted coworker Isla, I believe, Rab looking for Jana's phone number. Brittany said she forgot her wallet and needed Jana to let her back in the store, so uh, Rab sent her the phone number via text. Brittany called Jana, who agreed to meet her back at the store. Investigators believe while looking for the wallet, Brittany hit Jana from behind. Jana then ran to the front of the store, where a struggle t- took place as evidenced by clumps of Jana's hair and her bloody handprints found up front. Jana then ran for the back door, Her bloody handprint was found on the door handle. So close. Uh, Brittany then beat the ever-loving fuck out of Jaina. She then took Jaina's car and went and parked it in the lot. At 12.30 a.m., that cop that she said that she saw, observed someone fitting Brittany's description sitting in the vehicle. It's believed Brittany sat in the car for upwards of 90 minutes trying to figure out a plan. Brittany then returned to the store to stage the scene. She made a pattern of her footprints followed by the store shoe footprints to make it appear as if she was being chased. What she didn't anticipate, though, was her shoelaces being saturated in blood, and they made their own path that was consistent with her grabbing weapons and trashing the store. She then went into the bathroom, laid down, and cut herself superficially in multiple places and tied herself up. On the last day of the eight-day trial, the prosecution's closing arguments included an hour-plus-long description of every injury to Gina. Her dad sat in the front row and listened and just quietly oh sobbed. Oh, my God. Yeah. How uh, terrible. Brittany was found guilty of first-degree murder. After the verdict was read, the judge said, quote, You're a hell of a liar, ma'am. An entire community was terrorized because of you. Yeah. During the sentencing hearing, Brittany begged for a second chance. <laughs> Which, what? No, no. Um, sorry, sweetie. The judge called her a terrible person who exhibited the worst of human behavior. Yeah. Quote, after every blow, you had a chance to think about what you were doing. Instead, you mutilated that woman. You fucking massacred yeah. her. He then sentenced her to life in prison without parole. Nice. She has appealed. Okay. Um, one of the appeals was based off of Officer O'Brien testifying about that wound mm-hmm. on her hand. Yeah. That it never should have come up. But she's lost her appeals. Good. And she's sitting in fucking prison. Good. As she should. Because mm-hmm. they're like, why, why the fuck would we let you out? You, Dude, she fucking massacred her. When you're confronted, her. this is how you react? Dude. 331 
fucking over a pair of fucking dude. yoga pants. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's that, that you could get at Walmart for four dollars. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. But and then you got to think like Jaina fought. Yeah. For 331 votes. Dear God, man. The judge for said, her, though, yeah. Oh. The judge said that he went home and, like, fake stabbed just a table in one direction mm. 331 times, and it took over 10 minutes. Jesus. So that's not including her getting other weapons and, you know, doing us all this other shit. So, I, I mean, it went on for yeah. God knows how long. How terrible. Mm-hmm. And shame on the Apple people. I was just going to say that. Shame on them. They could have stopped it. Yep. They could have fucking stopped it. Man. Yep. Wow. So that... That was, that was interesting, babe. Did you know about that? No. Oh. Okay. No, I've, I've heard of it, but yeah. I didn't know the details, and yeah. frankly, I'm just pissed. Yeah. Snapped. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I learned of it. Oh, did you? Yeah. 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 I'm pissed at the Apple people. I'm pissed that this girl, poor girl, got fucking mutilated. She was literally mutilated. Is over the a pair only of word. Yoga pants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. But that was a and good th- one. And the bitch was quitting anyways. So who cares if you get fucking fired? Exactly. You yeah. literally said you were quitting. Exactly. Mm-mm. Well, that was a good one, babe. Uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed it. I'm a little panicky. I thought I had like two more cases done. I don't. <laughs> well, our next episode will be a Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. And that will be what? Are you asking me what the case is? Yeah. Jessica Chambers. Okay. That's okay. another fucked up. One. Well, that'll be, we'll be doing that probably this weekend. Yeah. And then I have, so. I got like four requests in the last two days. Yeah. All I've, good ones. Okay. So. Okay. Good deal. Yeah. Good deal. So. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us and hope you're excited about the news. What, you know, I know we are. The expo? Yeah, about the I expo. I will make Mark wear a shirt. Don't worry. Yeah. Maybe. Whatever. I promise I'll wear a shirt. He ain't promising shit. <laughs> nope. But thank you, guys, and thank you, Patreons. You guys and- are literally the best yeah all you guys are the best i have gotten thank you for listening to us yes thank you for sending us messages dude it's like the dog knows when we're done yeah i know he automatically gets up um i've gotten so many birthday messages today yeah um and i got an amazing birthday present from one of the listeners who judy Judy, thank you i love you yeah, gorgeous. some diamond art of you and Jax. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you it's were in tears. You, I, I cried. It, I did. So. Yeah. And not much makes my cold heart cry. Yeah. So, and Lindsay called me queen. <laughs> so, yep. But thank you guys so much. You hope guys are you, awesome. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll be, uh, we'll be with you in a few days. Yes. Bye. Bye. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.